Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It's the best of the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton, and we have a great show lined up for you for the last day of the best of as Matt finishes up his vacation. We will have Campus Confidential coming up at 440, as always, where we go over the very latest news in college athletics. And we have some great interviews from the past couple of months that Matt has done. We have Matt talking with Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic after he wrote a great article on Texas Tech football coach Joey McGuire and the Tech football program. We'll talk with Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle about Houston officially joining the Big 12 on July 1st. We'll hear from Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang, of course, former Baylor assistant head coach Jerome Tang as well. His first year in Manhattan, making the Elite Eight and what to expect from next season. But first, we will start off with Matt's conversation with John Werner. John, longtime Waco Tribune Herald writer, decided to retire, which was sad news for me. He's one of my all-time favorites. Love reading John's stuff. Matt was able to catch up with him right before he officially retired. And here is that conversation. Fifty-five. John Warner on with us, a man who he likes to speed around town. And uh, John, I tell you, Ward White's has been in for Aaron this week, and the, the music has taken a turn. And I would say for the better. I would say for the better. But I'm just kind of curious, uh, John. Was your was your favorite music time? Did you? Because you're a child of the, you spent a little time growing up in the 70s. You had some good days during the 80s as you're kind of starting your newspaper career. Music-wise, what did you connect to the most? Did any of that 70s disco or BGS or any of that era, did you connect any with some of those bands? Well, actually, Matt, I'm more of a 60s guy. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, Beatles, Stones. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, I picked up on some in the 70s. Springsteen, always like to see his live shows. Hard to beat. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, music aficionado, so uh, I still go to a yeah. lot of concerts and stuff. So, yeah. Well, with this um, retirement, I mean, I, I was worried, John. I, I kind of had been tipped off, and I kind of kept thinking I'd have you on, and Mosley, don't mess this up. Don't mess it up. And then, of course – you, there were columns written about you. You wrote a column. It's out there now, so I'm I'm, I'm able to visit with you about it. Uh, John, have you? Would you like to reconsider? Have you thought <laughs> you could always change your mind and come right back to the Waco trip? Or now that it's out there 
and you've shared these columns and everything. Do you do you feel pretty content about the whole thing? Well, I don't think I'm going to pull a Brady. So, uh, no, I, I feel really <laughs> good about it. I've been actually thinking about it for about half a year. Uh, my, yeah. my wife decided to retire. We wanted to go out. Uh, she's an English teacher at Waco High. Uh, we wanted to go out at the same time and do a lot of traveling. And uh, I think it's a really good decision for both of us. I'm going to still be doing some freelancing, so I won't be completely out of the picture. Uh, but, no, it's a really good time. You know, I've had a, a really good career here. Uh, got, got the chance to cover a lot of great stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a good time. I mean, is your wife, is she excited about having you at the at home that much? I mean, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment I mean, she had she's had summers off for many years. I'm sure she does some things during the summer, and so she's kind of used to doing her thing. And then you're out on your assignments and all. So this will be um, this will be pretty interesting. I guess the pandemic was good practice, right, John? You couldn't really do much. There was a lot of time at home, and it sounds like you and your wife really enjoyed that time. Yeah, we did. Uh, as you know, we go on big hiking trips every year. They're just going to be more extended trips now. We're going to head up to the Pacific Northwest in late August. We're going to be there the whole month of September, which will be kind of strange, uh, not covering high school or college football. Uh, uh, it's going to be really good. We're going to get to see some things, uh, you know, that we hadn't seen before and uh, hopefully get some really good hikes in. Ward, would you like to, if John ever asked us, would you go on a hike uh, would you go on a hike with John? Do you think, and do you think perhaps that, that I bet Warner thinks I would talk too much, but I am capable of just kind of uh, being quiet at times and being reflective. I, I, I know that would shock both of you guys, but Ward, would you be up for that? Or would you rather just go on a hike with John and maybe leave me at home? Yeah, that might sound good. <laughs> that, that, that didn't take long, Ward. <laughs> Yeah, going. John knows where to hike, so he would be a good guide. Yeah, John. Now, what's the what's that big trip, John? I'm kind of excited for you. Is it the Pacific Northwest? Where are you guys headed in October? I feel like you mentioned that in your column, perhaps, or I think I've heard yeah. you say this somewhere. Where is that? Uh, or September, sometime in the fall, you're going on a big trip. Where is that? Uh, where's that going to be? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to hit a couple. Uh, lesser-known national parks on the way up, uh, one called Great Basin in Nevada and the other in Northern California called uh, Lawson Volcanic. But our, the, the main center point of our trip will be at the uh, Olympic National Park up in Washington and then the uh, Cascades, which borders Canada and Washington. So we're going to be at each of those for about a week and then we're going to come back down. Uh, the uh, aspens will be changing colors in late uh, September. So we're that should be really beautiful, like at Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. So, uh, yeah, we bought us a little trailer. And uh, we're not going to be roughing it as much as we have in the past. Uh, but, you know, we're getting really old. So, uh, you know, it's really hard to rough it all the time. <laughs> John Warner joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, John's favorite show for many years. John, don't argue with that. Now, John Morris will get <laughs> mad about that, but let's uh, let's just just let me say what I want to say. Um, you could do some, uh, John, some travel writing 
you know, while you're at that would be kind of fun. Maybe tell the Waco trip, hey, I'm going to go on this trip. I'd like to ride it a little bit. But um, I've been known to, to tell people that and then and get a great rate somewhere. And then maybe maybe the story doesn't ever get written. I feel like that's happened to me before where I've kind of promised. I, I still think I owe a couple of resorts some stories, John. Yeah, I better not promise anything to the trip. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see how the trip goes. But I, I will probably write something when I get back. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a five week trip, so uh, we've never done anything this lengthy. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, hopefully, everything will uh, come off pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been fun kind of seeing you reminisce and thinking about your career and everything. And, I, you know, the, the great moments are probably just out on the road with your buddies and things like that. But you have, I mean, some of the, whether it be the boxers or whoever came through town, I mean, who, some of those people you were mentioning, John, it was really cool. I mean, you would, you would, it was almost like sometimes you used to, back in the day, you could hear that somebody was coming through town and you run up there to visit with them or somebody's coming through. I mean, that, that's kind of how it was back in the day. It wasn't so many handlers and this and that. And, oh, man, so-and-so's going to be here. I mean, what was the, what would you say was the biggest, like, thrill uh, of your career in terms of who you got to sit down and interview? Not so much you've been to a ton of great events and national championship games and everything like that. But who who stands out to, or maybe two or three names, some of those were maybe for even the Texas Sports Hall of Fame people you got to interview. But what really stands out, uh, maybe a couple of names above all else? Well, uh, as I mentioned in my column, uh, uh, one time, it's like mid-'80s, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in town to buy an Arabian horse. I mean, of all unusual things, they had a breeder down here, and he, he, liked, he liked the horses. So I was the only person who heard about it. So I went out there and interviewed him. He was really nice, except one time I slipped and called him Akeem. <laughs> and, uh, he had the greatest response. He says, well, at least you didn't call me Wilt. <laughs> I can imagine you as a young journalist. You're like, oh, my gosh, how do I get myself back together here? But uh that is because Kareem was not known as being the most genial type. You know, maybe you caught him in a good setting, but it's not like he could be a little prickly. So um, I'm glad he kind of rolled with you and was somewhat kind about that. Did, did you find him out at the Arabian, like at the farm? Like, is that where the interview took place, or where did you where did you catch yeah, up with Kareem? Seems like it was out somewhere around China Spring, somewhere out that way. Uh, I mean, it, it was a, a, a unusual setting, I will say, for a famous athlete like that. Uh, one time I caught Mickey Mantle here at an insurance convention, and nobody else had heard about it either. I was, I was just tipped off. So I went over there. He, he was really nice. And, uh, yeah, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> what year would that have been? That was probably about 83, I think. Okay. Around then, yeah. So we think Mick at that point was still partaking and maybe having some nightlife. I'm trying to remember when he he had that um, transplant somewhere, but that might have been 
that could have been like the early 90s or mid-90s or something like that. But, boy, Mickey Mickey generally enjoyed himself wherever he ended up. And sometimes Mickey would not always, like, stay in his clothes. They went back at the golf, the golf course where he used to play. Mickey famously would, uh, yeah. Mickey really, really enjoyed himself wherever he went. Now, was he? Right. But what was that like? Did you just kind of uh, walk up to him and say, "Mickey, do you have a few minutes?" Or how did uh, yeah. how did that go? Because he could also not always be happy to be approached about an autograph or with a reporter. What was his demeanor when you uh, approached him? Well, you know, he was pretty nice. I think, he, as I remember, I think he was a little surprised. I, I found him there because I, I don't think it had been really publicized much or anything. And uh, I believe it was at the Hilton, and he had a suite up there. So uh, I, I just asked a couple people with that convention if I could go on up, and they said, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, I, I don't think it was a real long interview. Uh, yeah. I do remember it was kind of late at night. Oh, no. Oh, so I'm no. not sure if he already had a few. I, I don't yeah. know. But uh, he, he was pretty coherent. I will say that. The answer is yes. He had had a few. Okay. There's no, there needs to be no debate about that. But uh, I wonder what insurance uh, convention that would have, golly, Mickey Mantle. Those are some really – and then the Baylor stuff has to – I bet so many memories come flooding back. And um, Now, what was Grant like when you first got on the beat and started being around football? Who was, the basket, who was your first basketball coach at Baylor? Well, actually, uh, once I got on the beat, it was uh, Gene Iba. Uh, okay. He was, he was here for seven years, and I, uh, I was the beat writer for his last five. Uh, they made the NCAA tournament the first year, 87-88, and my first trip ever on that beat was to Hawaii. And, uh, I mean, it was great. It's the, the Maui Classic. Uh, you know, Michael Williams, Daryl Middleton were on that team. Uh, it was fun. And uh, made the NCAA tournament. Uh, then it was 20 years later before they made another NCAA tournament. <laughs> they went a, they went a while. They went a little bit. Boy, Jim Howler had recruited quite a team, hadn't he? With yes. Michael Williams and Briggs was there. And Vinny's little brother, Eric Johnson, was going to be on that team. Daryl Middleton. Uh, Frank and there was, there were some good other guys. Uh, who was that? Frank Williams. Uh, was on one of those teams at some point in there, and uh, golly, man, those were some. That Jim could have had a an unbelievable team circa nineteen eighty. What would that have been? Eighty six, eighty eighty five, or eighty six? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He could have really. Some of those teams could have been even better, but uh, we all know what happened. Which is looking now. Did you see what happened to Will Wade today? Don't you look back yeah, now? Yeah, and it got a two-year show calls, ten games. But McNeese State says we're just happy to have him. We're more excited than ever. I'm glad this is over. It's behind us. Like Jim didn't even do anything close to any of these guys. In fact, he did really nothing. He just had some. Ugh, I don't, okay, we don't have to revisit that. But uh, <laughs> don't get you angry, Matt. I know, I know. John Warner joining. Yeah, John Warner joining the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN. 
Central Texas. And at some point, John, you and I met each other. And Jerry and the whole gang, Waco Trib, I was probably post-Baylor, and I'm, I was probably at the morning news. And, and I, you know, and, and I started covering the Cowboys at some point. But, man, we would always see each other at stuff. And it was just fun. And y'all were so great to a young writer. And and uh, I was at one of those games representing the morning news. Kevin Steele was coaching. And Jerry and I were both there. And they lost like 28 to nothing, you know, at at New Mexico. And somebody asked Kevin, where do you, you know, where do you go for, where do you go from here, Kevin? And he, he just simply said, home. <laughs> oh really? Yes, that, yes. That's pretty to the point. Oh man! And of course, as only I could, I was having issues in the press box, sending my story. Young writer at the at the Dallas Morning News, and Grant Taft sat next to me, which didn't help because that was my childhood hero. And so I'm <laughs> sitting there trying to visit with him, but at the same time trying to fix my computer so I could get a story in. You've got a million stories, I'm sure, like that. Have you ever been locked in a press box? Have you ever been – did that ever happen to you where you got locked yeah. in? Okay. Yeah, if you cover high school football for any length of time, you will be locked in a stadium. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of getting around it. You got to learn how to climb a fence. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say if I'd say five years on the beat, if you hadn't been locked in a stadium, you're you're probably pretty lucky. What was your What was your worst deadline story? Did you ever have one just an awful thing happen right at deadline? You lost the whole story, whatever. Uh, I mean, or did did you did everything go fairly smoothly on deadline for you over the years? Well, yeah, I mean, they're always a scramble, you know, especially like uh, you know, you try to write as much as you can, but then the game might shift a completely different way, and then you got to rewrite it. Uh, I remember that happening in 05 at the College World Series. Baylor was playing Tulane. They were down 7 nothing after, I believe, six innings. And uh, so, yeah, I thought, well, okay, Baylor's probably going to lose this game. So I had the story pretty much written as a night game. Then they come back and win 8-7. to seven. So that was a complete rewrite. So, uh, but, you know, you, you got to just kind of get used to doing that kind of stuff, uh, you know, just kind of turning stories around on the fly. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say my worst deadline ever, <laughs> uh, Baylor played New Mexico in the NIT when Dave Bliss was here, and uh, the game did not start until 11 o'clock Central time. Oh. Uh, and uh, they held the paper. And uh, Oh, my I, gosh. You know, I, I pushed the send button right after the game, got it in the paper. That doesn't happen anymore. They won't hold the paper if the game's at like three in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have pretty early deadlines down in the format, yeah. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. John, now who was your, other than Mr. Campbell, other than Dave Campbell, uh, uh, and, of course, the uh, the famous Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, which will be out here in a week or so. Who was your biggest uh, uh, newspaper hero? Like, you know, who did you 
want to be like or who did you love reading the most as you were kind of in your formative stages, either coming out of high school or college? Who did you love reading in the newspaper business? You know, not exactly the newspaper business, but, you know, Frank DeFord was an incredible writer for Sports Illustrated. So I I think like, uh, you know, he, he was kind of like the tops. And so I always read his columns, you know, just always admired admired him. Uh, I guess what once I got in the business, uh, you know, Jim Dent was a really good guy. Uh, I know he's had some some trouble in recent years, but he was a really good guy. We covered the Cowboys a lot back in the eighties. I would go up there and he would just be really welcoming. I mean, just a, a really friendly guy. Uh, he, he was great to be around. Uh, uh, Star Telegram had uh, uh, Ken Sims. Uh, he, he was a really nice guy. Uh, but yeah, you get you know guys like that who've been in the business for a while. You know, were kind of like you know, wow, I'd like to be able to write and report like them someday. Yeah. But uh, he, you know, I, I would say Dave. He, he's by far my oh biggest yeah. Mentor. Yeah, I saw. I mean, to me, like Frank Luxa, getting to sit by him, getting to know yeah. him, Love I might as well. Guy. In my mind, it was like that was that was as good as meeting Michael Jordan or something. Uh, it was just like. And then watching Frank game after game at, at the Cowboys games, get those, uh, he would always return with two um, uh, chili cheese dogs. I mean, <laughs> those those writers of that day, there was no dieting. There were no restrictions, anything like that. And then Frank would come back in. I don't know where he was smoking at Texas Stadium, but he was just smell of smoke all over his clothes and everything. And I didn't care because I worship the guy and then end up getting to play golf. And that's kind of probably like you were with Dave Campbell. You know, you, some point you, you realize, wait, I'm friends with this person. That's, that's such a legend, you know, and, and, uh, it's a pretty amazing thing, but uh, yeah, Frank, God rest his soul, was was the yeah. absolute best. But uh, he was a good guy too. Ab- absolutely, really good. Yeah, and 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 pithy and funny. You know, only a few people could really write like they talked, and he had that ability. <laughs> You know, to turn a phrase, he was great. You know, and and of course, Randy, who became a mentor and a, and a coworker of mine, was was a nice, outgoing guy, but a completely different kind of style. He was a hit you over the head, fire this person, whatever. And Luxa and and even Blackie were more of the old school kind of. They they were just. They, they, they were going to work in some kind of like college English kind of stuff, you know, or like co- some world history into their column, especially Blackie. I mean, you know, yeah. no one was more well-read Dude. than, yeah, oh, my gosh. And Blackie ended his life and career. You know, he those guys never stopped drinking, right? they He would be at, uh, oh, gosh, the famous place in Dallas. I mean, every single day, you could still go see Blackie until he was 91 or 92 at that same bar. And, really? and they never understood why people would say, well, I'm not going to drink anymore or I'm giving up drinking. To them, that was like, what? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they just, yeah. yeah, they just had a different philosophy on all that. Well, John, it was uh, great to reminisce. Uh, I will miss you, although. I still reserve the right to call you from time to time. I will not do it 
during that five weeks. Well, it'd be kind of fun for you to check in from the hike or, or from the, the national park, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that's going and everything. And, uh, man, I wish we knew the name of that Arabian horse that Kareem ended up with. <laughs> Isn't that a weird deal? I mean, to interview, uh, uh Kareem. I mean, yeah. He's down here buying a horse. <laughs> now what are, are those Arabians an Arabian horse? What are those? Are those those real big ones? Are they are they real tall and I mean they look great if I'm thinking about it. Arabian horses and they and they'll do like they're in the circus and stuff and they're kind of they, you can train them and all that. Is that is that the Arabian horse? Do I have that right? I, I think so. And uh I, I'm not sure if uh, Kareem rode the horse. <laughs> but it was, it's a pretty big horse, so that might be one that's of the so, few that he could ride and his feet would hit the ground. That almost sounds like a scene from Blazing Saddles or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Which probably wouldn't get made in it, this, this era, but still a very funny movie. All right, John. Uh, be good, and uh, right, we will uh, we'll be in touch. We, when's the final day, by the way? What's it? When's it become official? Uh, I believe July third is my final day. Yeah, so I got about a week okay. and a half. If y'all go out to dinner or have a party, uh, text me. I'd like to crash that. Do not let. <laughs> I could see Bryce saying, "No, we got to keep the budget down. We got to keep our party budget down." I do. I want to attend that. So please keep me in mind. Okay. Well, it'll be fun to have you, Matt. Okay. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. Thank you, Matt. See you. There there he goes, John Warner, as he heads off into retirement. This is ESPN Central Texas. Hey, folks, Jared Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'd like to thank everyone that supports JTC and that our family values your business. Our new inventory is growing daily, and our used car inventory is stacking high. So give us the opportunity to earn your business with transparency and zero hidden fees. So give us a call, 254-840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. we we'll treat you like family. Find new roads. In my podcast, Your Money in a Cup of Joe, we talk money management, investments, and retirement in a Q&A-style format, helping break down complicated topics. I'm Joe Kalea with Kalea Wealth Management. Look for Your Money in a Cup of Joe on Apple and Spotify. Kalea Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys that we are available. We have appointments. If you have any questions about cracking your sheetrock, doors sticking, or if you're looking to buy a home and you have concerns, please feel free to give us a call. We'll send somebody out to take a look. Our number is 254-235-4922, or you can find us at fixitjimmy.com. 
Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at CentexSportsFan.com. The deals at Mission Golf Cars in Waco are hotter than the Central Texas sun. Through the end of July, Mission Golf Cars is offering smoking deals with financing rates as low as 0% on all new EasyGo and Cushman golf cars, off-road buggies, cruisers, and utility vehicles. Plus, we're beating the heat by cooling off prices on our wide selection of used inventory for the golf course, the farm, the neighborhood, or the job site. Come shop our full line of EasyGo and Cushman vehicles in our air-conditioned showroom in South Waco or online at missiongolfcars.com. Financing provided by Sheffield Financial with approved credit. See dealer for financing details. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Oh, man. I don't know. Sam Kahn Jr., you may be a little young for Huey Lewis in the news. I want a new drug. A good Friday afternoon to you. And I tell you, the uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, they had to enjoy reading Sam's latest, talking about Joey McGuire, what's going on out there in Lubbock. Sam, how are you? On this Friday, are you somewhere indoors, staying cool? Are you on that beautiful podcast setup, that mic that you have in there? What's uh, what's your situation right now? And welcome back to the Mosley Show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Hope you're doing well. I am cool. I am inside in air conditioning, thank goodness, because uh, it has been. You know, I think we ended up paying for what I like like to call a mild spring. You know, I I was shocked how late we got into May and even early June, and it wasn't deathly hot. And now here we are, and I feel like we're paying the price for what we got, the nice spring weather we got. But, uh, no, I'm just uh, plugging away. And, uh, as you know, we're in June. Usually this is a slow time for college football, but, honestly, uh, it, it really is a busy time. Like you mentioned, the recruiting part is a lot of official visits going on around the country, and, uh, we're about two more days until we get to a dead period. Uh, dead period will start on Monday. So uh, I'm sure all the coaches will take a deep breath, and a lot of them will go on vacation here pretty soon. Hopefully about not long after that, I will too. Do you like those uh, OVs, the official visits? Do you kind of uh, – do you try to, like, put lists together, or you probably have people at your place that kind of gather those lists? Like, do you kind of have some scene or some sense of – Who's going to be in Waco this weekend? Who's at the University of Texas? Do you kind of like to look at a little uh, 
uh, spreadsheet of the OVs and, and check in. And um, do you ever go to one of those campuses during an official visit and, and see if you could gather any intel? I mean, that's where we are, Sam, in this. I mean, fans would go crazy over that stuff. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> Sam ran into Micah Hudson coming out of the <laughs> Lubbock Steakhouse. I mean, they would go nuts for that. Wait, I mean, but that, by the way, that Micah Hudson thing is amazing from Lake Belton. I mean, I've been seeing his name like crazy, five-star. I knew he was a great player. But now, I mean, this has become a, another big summer subplot. What's going on with Texas? Oh, man, he didn't take his visit to Texas. Now the Texas fans are upset. Now the Texas Tech fans are happy. We don't know if he's going to go to Texas Tech, but, Sam, this is this is where we are now in college football, and it's really kind of a soap opera in a lot of ways. Uh, but boy, fans cannot get enough of this stuff. No, no doubt. It's uh, it's that's where recruiting is. I think recruiting is the soap opera. I think it always has been. It's just that thirty years ago we didn't get the minute by minute update. You know, we got them once a day or once every few days or once a week. And when, when you open up your morning paper, uh, when reporters were calling these kids at their houses, remember the remember the home phone. Everybody used to have a home phone. You call there and uh, hope you got hope, hope mom or dad allowed uh, allowed their son to talk. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the, uh, the 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 nature of recruiting now with social media and you know they they tweet everything or they post everything on Instagram, and so you can find out all this stuff pretty quickly, and it, it adds another layer to it, and obviously has been very good business for those who cover recruiting, but. Uh, it's fascinating to me because this particular battle with Micah Hudson, because you got a five-star, and he's not – this is different from when Texas Tech found Calvin Simpson Hunt from Waxahachie. Calvin Simpson Hunt last year, who ended up going to Ohio State, was a guy that Texas Tech had found and, and got him on a visit and got him committed before he even had a recruiting profile. And then he ended up getting a ranking and going all the way up to a high four-star and ended up, of course, decommitting from Tech and flipping to Ohio State. This is different. Michael Hudson has been a five-star for a good while now, I think about a year. Uh, He's been to a lot of campuses. He's talked to plenty of coaches and heard all the recruiting pitches out there. And Texas Tech and Texas were the two programs stand out the most. And the fact that Texas Tech, it seems as if they are in the lead right now, I think speaks volumes of what Joey McGuire and that staff have been able to do in building that relationship because Texas Tech, as we know, is not a destination for five stars. They have not signed a five-star recruit in the modern recruiting era since we started doing internet recruiting rankings. And so if they were able to land him and then sign him in December, that would be an historic uh, recruiting acquisition for, for Texas Tech. And I think it speaks volumes to how far this program is coming in terms of how it's perceived under Joey McGuire. All right. Are they doing anything NIL that's that's sort of maybe more creative or interesting than other schools? Like you say, they're not going to outspend A&M or Texas, but maybe they can do it. Uh, it. It seems like they've been one of the first ones to do it across the board where everybody gets at least whatever it is, thirty or $35,000. SMU does that too. I mean, there's. I think that would appeal to a lot of people, that baseline. But, of course, the stars are still going to want mo- the most money. I, I'm just wondering, what what do you think Joey is doing to connect with these kids that there's more juice, 
with this tech program. Again, let's see if they win. Let's see them win eight, nine, ten games, and then we really have something. Right now, it's just a very interesting sort of off-season story. But I'm just wondering if there's anything tech, other than you've written about it uh, and, and Max, about how they identify people. And a lot of that stuff came from Matt Rule and what he mm-hmm. kind of was doing at Baylor and everything. I would think they do get a head start on some play, identifying certain players. But as you said, Hudson did not they, – they didn't sneak up on anybody. I mean, you know, nobody – Hudson no, has been all. liked and forever. Yeah. Yeah, not, not at all. They, they – they, but I say that they didn't sneak up on anybody, but the coaches on that staff were on Mike Hudson early, and one in particular is Brian Nance. Now, the, the caveat to this is they were early, but they were at Baylor when they first started talking to Mike Hudson. So Baylor, if you go back and look through Micah Hudson's offer list back in 2021, when he first started getting offers, uh, I think it was a sophomore year. One of the very first offers he got was from Baylor. And that was Brian Nance, who was on the recruiting staff at Baylor, James Blanchard, who was on the recruiting staff at Baylor. And then of course, Joey McGuire was, was there as well. And then of course, all those guys who Texas tech Blanchard and McGuire go in, fall of 22 Nance joined about a year later. And from what I understand is tech didn't tech offered Micah as soon as they got, as soon as Joey got that job, they offered him and, and started recruiting him there. Uh, but from what I understand, tech didn't get a lot of traction until Brian Nance got to the staff a few months later, because apparently I guess Nance has known of Hudson. His uh, Nance's son plays, Little League football, uh, had played Little League football. And so he had seen, uh, you know, when he watched his son, he would go watch the older kids, you know, when his son was done playing. And he started noticing Micah Hudson playing out there and as a high school, eighth grader, high school freshman, and was not noticing this guy dominating all the competition. And so when it came time that he was a recruitable prospect, Nance kind of stood on the table for for Micah Hudson and, and, and urged Baylor to offer him, which they did. And so that relationship, I think, has, has pushed through. And then that once Micah was able to get over to Texas Tech and get to know Joey a little bit more, get to know Zach Pitley, the offensive coordinator over there, uh, Justin Johnson, another guy who's formerly at Baylor, who's now the receivers coach over there, Justin is a guy who played receiver in the air raid when he was at Houston, which is the offense that Hudson would play at Texas Tech if he ends up committing there. All these guys have done a really good job of just forming that relationship, maintaining it, and and really, I think, speaking to Micah's personality. I think if you talk to his head coach, Brian Cope, at Lake Belton, Brian will tell you Hudson's not a flashy guy. He's not a He doesn't need a, a big presentation. He doesn't need all this and that. He's pretty much a low-key guy, and he just loves ball. And I think Texas Tech is really connected with him on that level and has utilized both the familiarity they have with him from knowing him from the from the early part of his recruitment and also just speaking to his sensibilities and, and I think making him feel like he can really be part of the family there. Man, I tell you, we do not want these kids getting out of Central Texas. We need to draw a circle around them and get them right over there to Baylor. I don't like hearing all that. I, Brian Nance played at Baylor, as you know. Justin Johnson's right. a good friend of mine. Juice. I mean, you know, he's a Berkner guy for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 
Uh, but they, they've really done some good things out there. Now, Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What about this 2023 Texas Tech bunch? This is going to be a fascinating year. People love Texas, as always, their talent and everything. How big of an X factor is Tech, and how big of an X factor is Baylor? Because we don't know. They, they're good at the skill positions, a little iffy on the O-line, certainly have talent on defense. We just don't know. We thought we knew last year, and we didn't. Where do you see Tech and Baylor, and do you kind of see them uh, kind of in there together a little bit as we get closer to uh, these these Big 12 media days coming up? I think they're both wild cards, and, and that they are two of the more fascinating teams in the conference to me. Uh, I think you, you think of Tech because of the momentum they finished with last season, kind of finished that season strong. They bring back Tyler Shuck. Uh, they've got they've got real staff stability. They've got both coordinators back. I think they only lost one full time coach on that staff. Uh, you you I think you really have to like the momentum they have right now. Baylor is is fascinating because I think this is a huge year for Dave Aranda uh, and, and to see what direction this program is going to go because you had the first year I kind of call a wash because he took over under those really extreme circumstances of the pandemic and that was kind of difficult. The second year was obviously fantastic. You win the Big 12 and you push all the right buttons. Last year becomes a, a pretty significant disappointment. But at the same time, when I look at Baylor, I look at a team that was 6-3 and three in the second week of November that was a fire drill field goal away from beating TCU. Uh, they, they were in a close game at BYU. They had some close calls. And so even though they ended six and seven, this was a team that could have won eight games very easily. And maybe we're talking about this team differently. Uh, I, I do think there's a lot of potential there. And I, I like you, I thought because of what they brought back on the line of scrimmage, that they were going to be fantastic. But I think we underestimated how much of the personnel losses from 2022, especially those draft picks, your leader guys like Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie, how much losing those guys would really impact that team. And I think it had, more of an effect than I than I even I would realize it would, but I but when you look at what they bring back and I do like that they brought in some competition at quarterback. I love how they beefed up the running back room. They kind of added some weapons around the quarterback that helped Blake Shape and Orsoya Robertson. They ends up being him, uh, and and they beefed up a little bit on the offensive line through the portal. So I do think this is going to be a better Baylor team now. Whether it's an eight win team or a nine-win team, or it's a team that can contend for going to the to AT&T, I think that remains to be seen. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I think that week two game in Utah is going to be one that I circle on my calendar as a big litmus test for Baylor this year. Why don't you come see us for that game? You know, I mean, I, I don't know what you're, if you've got all your travel made yet, but come, come see us for that one. I think that's an 11 a.m. start. You could be home at a pretty decent hour. So uh, try to work us into your schedule, Sam. Yeah, I'll get I'll get to Waco at some point. I still haven't worked out my schedule yet, and that's going right. to be one of the hardest weeks to pick because week two, we've got Baylor and Utah. Uh-huh. We've got Texas Tech and Oregon. We've Ooh. got Texas at Alabama. We've got Texas A&M at Miami. We've got SMU at Oklahoma. You've got Houston and Rice across town or upper. Buddy, week two is loaded in the state of Texas <laughs> this year. It's going to be very hard to pick where I am <laughs> that week. 
only only a guy with a seven one three area code would be throwing out the Houston Rice. Of course, uh, <laughs> cross town rivalry. My the gosh, the bucket. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, what game does not belong? But uh, eh, who knows? I used to like that, even when both teams were a little iffy. That was fun, fun back in the day. By the way, that Matt Pallage coming in, defense coordinator for the Bears. Boy, I mean, we heard, and you came in, talked to a lot of those folks, the energy level, the the energy that he brought. I mean, this is going to be really interesting. I think Ron Roberts, obviously a great football coach. He was hired right away when they fired him. But Pallage brings youth, incredible energy, and um, I think they're counting on that being a, a, making a tremendous impact. No, there's no doubt about it. And I think having that familiarity with him being on the staff of staff before, I think is huge. Uh, when I talked to Dave Aranda th- this spring, when I went up there, uh, I think Aranda's message was, Hey, the spring was for him and Dave to get on the same page to make sure that they see things eye to eye defensively. And, you know, Dave is obviously a defensive mastermind of his own. And I think Dave in the spring, his plan was to be more hands-on so that there was an understanding of, okay, here's what we want to be in terms of identity on defense. And then when we get to fall camp, Dave's going to kind of get back into his more overseer, CEO kind of mode and let college put his imprint on it and do it and do his thing. Uh, But I think that energy is going to be good. You know, when you talk to coaches, talk to high school coaches around this state, uh, Matt Pallage has got a great reputation uh, as a recruiter. I think he's going to really help Baylor in that front uh, in, in the years to come. And I think he's a, he's a really bright guy. So I, I'm fascinated to see what kind of impact it, it has. It, it wasn't an easy move for Aranda to make because Ron Roberts was a mentor of his, and, and it's difficult to make that move. But at the same time, I, I have a lot of respect for Dave and that he has been decisive in his first three years at Baylor about – making moves when they felt like they need to be made and also being very protective of his culture at Baylor. He wants to make sure that everybody's pulling the same direction and everybody's doing things the, in his vision, the way he wants his program run. And, and he's not going to sacrifice on that. And, and he's willing to make bold moves to do that. And, and I have a lot of respect for that with Dave. You know, if you do take some downtime or go on the road or take a little vacation, that is when realignment will strike. I mean, I, oh, I, I'm sure you're prepared for that. <laughs> you know, uh, just because of that, because of the last two summers, I have already taken a decent amount of vacation. I left myself one week in July, so I will take a week in July. But I went ahead and burned up a lot of other weeks already because the last two years when I've tried to save two weeks for July, well, realignment had other ideas and so i don't i don't want to have that happen again this year so i've made sure to sprinkle in some time off before then we'll try to get knock on wood hopefully get july 4th week off and hopefully uh the big 12 and the pac 12 everybody can stay put at least until the holidays over so i can get a breather before we get big cooking again <laughs> well sam we look forward to seeing you uh i saw that story kind of enjoyed reading about that sam have a uh have a tremendous weekend. It was great catching up with you. Hey, thanks so much. You too. Take care. All right. Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. All right. There's something fascinating that I wanted to talk to you about, and it involves, 
Well, I had that bad neck injury uh, oh, almost three years ago in a bike accident. And so I still, you know, have issues and pain and that kind of thing. And, you know, when people have that, I mean, you're looking, how could I do something where I don't have to have surgery or I don't have to have constant steroid shots? Let me tell you about QC Kinetics, the new advanced regenerative medicine treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue in your bad joints, providing lasting relief. With no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. All natural way to use highly concentrated healing properties from your own body to give you lasting relief. All right, if you've got joint pain, due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, uh, neck pain for me, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain. You need to learn more about the new regenerative options that can change your life now here's the number listen to this 254-415-4100 that's 254-415-4100 that's qc kinetics 254-415-4100 for over 30 years you've counted on the family of diamore fine jewelers to make life's most precious memories unforgettable Diamore specializes in full custom designs, including custom CAD renderings, 3D wax printing, and a team of friendly custom jewelry experts. Diamore Fine Jewelers will be there for your custom engagement ring when she says yes, and for the next 30 years. Thank you for choosing Diamore Fine Jewelers. The Voice of the Bears, John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Everson Tractors has provided you with affordable and reliable top-of-the-line Branson tractors for over 30 years. And they're excited to announce that Branson has now teamed up with TYM to combine their forces. Everson's commitment to exceptional service, outstanding value, and innovative machinery is now bigger, stronger, and better. If you're a full-time rancher or weekend warrior, come see the all-new lineup of TYM tractors today at the locally owned and operated Everson Tractor Sales in Robinson, where service is our name. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin, and also at cnbwaco.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Payments for qualified buyers at 5.5% interest for 72 months with 5000 down, cash or trade. TTL Extra, see dealer for details. Construction makes getting here harder, so we make buying here easier at Richard Carr's Construction Sale Event. Qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2017 Ford F-150 for $376 a month or a 2018 Chevy Equinox for $205 a month. Call, log on, or get here now for easy deals during the pre-owned Construction Sale Event going on now at Richard Carr. At Richard Carr, we give you more. In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators, maintenance and electrical technicians, and supervisors for their plant. Day and evening shifts are available. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers a comprehensive benefits plan including... 
medical, dental, vision, short and long-term disability, life insurance, 401k, and more. Full-time positions offer 40-plus hours per week. PTO begins day one of full-time employment. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, 2784 Old Dallas Road, one block off I-35 in Lacey Lakeview. Campus Confidential is brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet, where they say we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and we treat you like family. Check them out at turnerchevy.com. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Campus Confidential on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. Matt Mosley on vacation this week, but we still have lots of college athletics News to get to, brought to you every day, as always, by the great folks at Jim Turner Chevrolet. We'll start with realignment news or non-news, however you may feel about it. As Pac-12 media days were today, and obviously Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyvkoff was asked about a new media rights deal, which has been the entire talk about the Pac-12 for easily the last six months. Livekoff danced around a definitive answer on a conference media deal today. He said that the media deal will be done in the near future and said that waiting has given them, quote, better options. He said, I don't consider it frustrating. It's a reinforcement for me of what dedicated and passionate fans we have and how much people care about college athletics. At the same time, I don't want the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. We're not announcing a deal on purpose today because I want to focus on football, giving the impression that they have a media rights deal done after a reporter followed up and asked him if that statement meant the deal was done. Klivkoff walked back that previous statement and said, quote, I think you're reading too much into that. When it looks like he was reading into it exactly what Klivkoff wanted him to read into it, but he uh, had to clarify after he was asked the follow-up question. So, no news really out of the Pac-12 meetings today and no media deal announced. We move on to college football recruiting. The transfer portal never sleeps, and that's a good thing for Baylor football today. They get a commitment from main defensive line transfer Justin Sambu. The 6'4", 260-pound 60 pound defensive lineman posted 32 tackles and led main with five and a half sacks. Last year, in two games against SBF, SFBS opponents last season, Sambu posted eight tackles and two sacks, including three tackles a sack and two quarterback hurries against Boston College, according to the On3 article. He chose Baylor over offers from Missouri, Mississippi, Mississippi State, among others, and will bring some much-needed defensive line debt to the Bears again Main defensive lineman Justin Sambu is transferring to Baylor. In other uh, commitment news, on the high school side, a big commitment for the Oklahoma Sooners. Four-star running back Taylor Tatum, the number 38 recruit in the country, according to ESPN's 2024 ESPN Top 300, committed to the Oklahoma Sooners today. The Longview High School running back is ranked as the second-best back in the class in the country and becomes easily 
the highest-ranked member of Brent Venable's 2024 class. So a big pickup recruiting-wise for Oklahoma and head coach Brent Venables. The SEC Media Days were this week. Today, the media poll on who will the media members think will win the SEC was released. And Georgia, not surprisingly, the clear favorite. They are picked by the media to once again win the SEC. The Bulldogs got 62.2% of all the first-place votes. 181. Alabama received 62 first-place votes, followed by LSU at 31. Those were the only other teams with double-digit first-place votes. Alabama was also picked ahead of LSU to win the SEC West, despite losing to, L- to uh, despite LSU winning the division and beating Alabama last season. So Georgia picked to win the SEC, and LSU picked to win the SEC West by the media. And that's a look at your college football headlines today with Campus Confidential. Coming up, more great interviews as we hear Matt talk with former Baylor associate head coach and Kansas State head basketball coach Jerome Tang. That's coming up. And we will also hear his conversation with Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle on the Houston Cougars joining the Big 12. That's all coming up on the Matt Mosley Show. This has been Campus Confidential brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers. Richard Carr GMC is loaded with trucks and they are making deals. Don't settle. Get the best truck. Get a GMC Sierra. Premium quality inside and out. You have to compare a Sierra before you buy. Right now, Richard Carr, get a 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Pro for $38,200 after discounts. Military first responders save even more. Qualified buyers get 1.9% financing on many new Sierras in stock. See dealer details. Call now, log on now, or get here now to get your Sierra today. Richard Carr, they have the truck for you. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys that we are available. We have appointments. If you have any questions about cracking your sheetrock, doors sticking, or if you're looking to buy a home and you have concerns, please feel free to give us a call. We'll send somebody out to take a look. Our number is 254-235-4922, or you can find us at fixitjimmy.com. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. Southern Drag Boat Association LLC presents the original Duel on the Brasses 2023 at Brass Clark in East Waco on Saturday, July 22nd and Sunday, July 23rd. The fastest show on water. Gates open at 8 a.m. Racing begins at 8.30. Daily tickets are $30. Weekend pass, $50. And Cooler Pass, $20. Get your tickets now at Subwire.com. Duel on the Brasses 2023 at Brass Park in East Waco, sponsored by Mission Golf Cars, Waco's local easy-go customer golf and utility vehicle dealer, Brass Speed and Supply, SoCal Speed Shop, Premier Innovations, fun for the whole family. Are you tired of living with chronic pain? 
knee pain, joint pain. Listen carefully because now there are new regenerative treatments available here. Hi, it's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley Show. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, is now open, giving lasting relief to people with joint pain, with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. QC Kinetics has over 100 clinics nationwide and has treated thousands of patients with incredible success. Their advanced protocols are an exciting way to manage pain from arthritis and injury without surgery or steroids or pain pills. If you got pain in your knees, shoulders, hip, or back, well, that's me. You need to check out these new treatments. They can actually help your body restore and repair itself. Call now to schedule your free consultation with the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. That's QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Jerome Tang, Kansas State coach, joining us now. Jerome, welcome back to the show. Did you hear that while you were waiting to come on with us? John Werner retiring the venerable Waco Trib writer that we've, we've loved for many years going into retirement. Jerome, who asked the first question now? We do not know how to handle ourselves anymore. Man, uh, John, what a terrific guy. And I was reading some of the things that um, uh, in his good farewell uh article to um the business and just some of the things that he got to experience and uh just always loved his approach and he was always so kind to me and uh Matt I don't know if you remember when I got hired at Baylor there was a a lot of stir up about me not having my degree and um you know some local high school coaches in the the Houston area were upset because I was at a private school and you know we had kids that transferred to us from from public schools, and John wrote a terrific article about me to combat some of that. And uh, so I've always been been a fan of his, and thankful for how he's treated me. All right, uh, yeah, Jerome. If I had known that, I don't know. I don't know if I would have supported you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it worked out pretty well for you, and you're a learned man even before you had a degree. So we've always been uh, very proud of all of that. Now, tell me first of all this this Rucker Park deal that the Big Twelve is doing. Now, I love that you and Scott front and center now some of these other people i got to get to know the byu coach i thought there's a couple other coaches these new guys that are coming in that'll be with y'all but the rucker park uh clinic that the big 12 will do now jerome have you did you ever like hang out at rucker park or have you spent any time there over the i bet your guy marquise noel absolutely played at rucker park back in the day what is your what is your knowledge of of rucker park well you know i i know about the fame of rucker park and uh dr j playing there and some of the other greats and i i believe that marquise has played i hear about rucker and i think uh dykeman park um is another one of the the famed areas there the 
of playing. And so we had a great experience in New York in the NCAA tournament and the city really received our team well. And because, you know, Marquise and Quan and Ish and Taiki being from New York. So, um, and I, I was, it was a great experience. I'm excited about going to Rucker Park. I never got to play there. Um, you know, we, you watch some of the, the, the different movies that have been made and, um, you know, some of the, the, the really special guys who competed there and so excited to go and give back. I, you actually let me know that Scott was going to be there. So I'm excited about being there with Scott. And uh, I think our women's coach are going with us. And I would assume that Nikki will be there also. So uh, very excited about this opportunity to, you know, give back uh, to kids there in New York and do it in such a historic place and, mm-hmm. and be with such wonderful people. You find out most of your news from me, don't you? <laughs> I've, I've been your I've been your source for many years. Now you're going to have Mark Pope, Wes Miller from Cincinnati, Boynton, who you know well. Jamie Dixon will be in the house, and then you're right, Jeff Mitty from uh, Kansas State will be there, and then Texas Tech, Krista Gerlich. Watch out, Krista will fight you. Jerome, I've seen her after games kind of get into it with people, and that coach at Texas, whatever, Vic something, I mean, she'll get kind of angry and stuff. So watch out with Krista. I I do kind of like her. Now, what do you think you'll be doing in this clinic? Do you think there'll be a bunch of New Yorkers that show up or young folks that you'll be visiting with? I mean, this really seems like it could be a neat opportunity, and I'm sure you'll find out more as we get closer to the event, which, by the way, Jerome, since I'm breaking all this news to you, Tuesday, July 18th, all right? So start getting your – see if you can get a uh, travel made, all right? Call your travel company. Uh, And this is in partnership with New York City Parks. And you'll be sponsored by Hard Rock Hotels, Gatorade, and then something called WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P. I don't know what that is, but they'll provide – you with fitness bands for each basketball coach. I don't know. I don't know, Jerome, if y'all need fitness bands, but I kind of like it. I mean, you do take good care of yourself. <laughs> well, like I said, you're breaking all kind of news to me right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I know uh, if you give the guys that you've just named, uh, uh, give them a basketball and a group of kids, we're going to figure out how to have a good time, and uh, especially in New York City. So I'm excited about it. Now, where will you watch the draft tonight? How do you? How does Jerome Tang take in the NBA draft? you got a couple of guys that are involved in this thing. Mr. New York City himself, Keontae Johnson, you'll be watching closely. Do you like to just be at home? I mean, I, I assume you've been at New York in the past. How do you kind of like to experience this? Uh, I'm going to be at the house. And we're going to watch it. Uh, I'm sure that some of the guys are going to come over and, you know, we're going to have some food and, and just, you know, and enjoy the, the opportunity to um, watch Keontae's name get called and possibly Marquise's name get called also. Uh, so, you know, it's um, Keontae's actually not even doing a big deal, you know, making a big deal of it. And um, that's just the kind of kid that he is. And uh, he'll be with his family and, um, they're going to celebrate it, uh, I think, in Norfolk um, together. And so um, we're, we're, we're excited about tonight, but I'm excited for the guy to, to watch that happen and then be motivated to get back in the gym and work hard to, to see it happen to them 
in the near future also. How are you liking your uh, portal guys, by the way? I bet they've already made it into town. You've got them working out and all that. I mean, you're just running up the score on everybody. Kaluma, I mean, my gosh, that thing, I was like, wow, they already had all these dudes in there. Um, Tyler, when you got him, I loved watching him at University of North Texas. Um, How is that process going, kind of integrating the new guys and, and maybe even some of the freshmen that are showing up. How's the how's the team looking here in these early days? Well, I mean, we've, we've recruited the right kind of kids. Uh, they're, they're great young men and uh, they're winners and they, they care about winning. They care about their teammates. And so those guys just fit in seamlessly and, um, you know, workouts have been very spirited and, um, excited about what we have, but also excited about you know the guys we're recruiting. Still, we're still going. We're going to sign two more guys, and um, you know, right now I think we have an NCAA tournament team. We've got the talent to be an NCAA tournament team, uh, but you know, um, our goal is to go to Phoenix, and so um, we're going to bring in a couple more guys that's going to give us a, a little bigger margin for error um, and uh, ramp up the competitiveness here. And look, look forward to building and having a great rest of the summer. These are guys I don't know about yet, Jerome, uh, like some portal folks that um, might be showing up on campus any day now. I mean, I would really love for you to break some news here on the program, but you know all that Robinette guy and all those guys get very, very excited when you talk about this kind of thing. What, uh, what are we thinking in terms of who may be uh, uh, joining you? Well, I don't have any specific names for you right now, but I, I'm just letting you know that um, the next two guys that we sign are going to be dudes, and uh, they're going to uh, our our fans are going to be excited about it, and and our team is going to be excited about having them. Okay, okay. Now you got me wondering. I'm going to have to start doing some research. Now, what do you think, Jerome Tang, about these Baylor players that are going to be possibly drafted tonight? Let's start with Keontae, somebody you recruited to help recruit to Baylor. And then um, and then Adam. Uh, we really hope he goes. He's been slated at the very end of the draft in some mocks. You never know about these things, and he'll have a chance even if he doesn't get drafted. But when you think back on these two players, um, what really uh, what really stands out to you? Well, I mean, Keontae is uh, just a talent, right? I mean, he is such a terrific uh, basketball player. He's got size, positional size. Um, he can do something that a lot of guys in the draft can't do, which is shoot the basketball and score at all three levels. Uh, he facilitates at a high level, and he's one of the quickest learners I've ever been around. And uh, just watching his development uh, the the summer before his senior year, through his senior year, and then this past year, um, when you watch games, you saw that he he contributed to winning in a lot of different ways. And so, um, yeah, he's uh, somebody's getting a terrific player in him. A- Adam is a winner, right? And I don't care uh, what the, the measurements and the, the tests and all the other metrics that people use to determine whether a guy's going to be a good pro or not. Um, you, you put Adam on a basketball court and he's quick enough to get by anybody and he's He's tall enough to get a shot off on anyone, and he's uh, tough enough to defend anyone at any position. And 
Uh, and what, what he does is win, and he brings a winning DNA and a high-level character guy, right, who's going to do all the right things and represent any organization at the highest level. And, and, so, and, and he makes uh, a program and organization better just by stepping foot on, on the floor or in their building. And so just so proud of both of those guys and uh, just whatever little small part I might have had in their basketball journey. Um, but uh, just a terrific uh, – I'm just a fan of both of theirs, and uh, we'll, we'll be cheering them on tonight. And whatever NBA teams take them, uh, they automatically come better. I feel like Adam has said maybe he wants to be a pediatrician. There, there is just a maturity level that he had. Y'all found some great dudes. I mean, Maceo – uh, I mean, from places that were kind of interesting, Presbyterian, not that they haven't had some good players, but that, I mean, Jerome, y'all just, y'all were doing the portal before everybody else was doing the portal. Some of those guys had to sit out a year back in the day, and you just have to, now, of course, you can get them and get them in there immediately, but I imagine that helped you, uh, even at K-State, identifying guys like Adam, and you kind of know exactly now and can maybe move a little quicker in the portal uh, than, than some other programs. Is that, do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, you know, um, there's certain formulas and certain things that you look for in, in players that will fit what you want to do and uh, be able to translate from one level to the next. And um, But uh, I, I don't know, like, to me, it just, but what it does for me, it helps me eliminate guys quicker, not necessarily take guys quicker. And uh, and so I, I like I enjoy being patient in this whole process. I think the patience of it allows me to to, to do more research and end up with the right guys. Did you and Grant, I mean, have to go head-to-head for some uh, – have you already had some recruiting battles? That has to be interesting with you and Scott and Grant all being such close friends, same conference now, going after the same players. Is that is that uh, is that awkward ever, or is it just hey, all's fair and love and war kind of deal? How do y'all how do y'all kind of handle things like that? Um, you know, I can just speak for myself that we I don't I don't know how many there haven't been too many times we've recruited the, the same kid, but um, you know I've. Anyone that I sit in front of, I, I let them know that, man, uh, you know, if you don't come to K-State, uh, if, if whichever school is involved, that would be the other place that I would go to because I know those guys are telling you the truth in recruiting and they're going to treat you incredible when you're on campus. And so, you know, um, you know, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, we all got to get players. There's a lot of really good players out there to get. And, uh, no reason that um, that we have to fight each other um and i think those guys feel the same way that um we will recruit the same guys from time to time and um you know the good thing about it is that we can speak very highly of each other in this whole process you you said you studied teams that won right away like k-state did and you also studied teams that didn't sustain that i heard you say that i thought that was really interesting that you kind of looked around at the analytics of that jerome in some of those research in some of that research did you find anything that you think will hopefully be helpful for you some of those things happened 
you know, out of the the NIL transfer portal realm. So it's a little hard to compare. But I, I thought that was interesting that you brought that up and that that was your immediate thing that you wanted to study and you wanted to make sure you stayed, you know, at the top or hopefully at the top for you. Um, what what did you kind of learn through that process? Well, you know, um, I'm glad you pointed out that it was in a, a lot of that happened before the portal and before NIL. So other people were impacted differently by what they were able to do. Um, I think the thing that stuck out to me was that um, guys who um, were able to continue success were able to keep their staff together. And so um, that was the the thing that, that stuck out the most to me. So my goal after the season ended was to make sure I did everything I could to keep my staff together because there were people coming and pulling at them whenever anybody has success. You know, there's always opportunities. To, to move up or move around. And I, I, I don't think, I think leaving K-State to go anywhere would be a lateral move at best. And, uh, and so, and I didn't want um, anyone on our staff to leave for a lateral move uh, unless they were leaving to go take a head coaching position. And so um, the, the ability to keep my staff together, I think was the biggest win of the off season and uh, excited for us to be able to live life together. And by the way, how's that NIL? Seems like uh, K-State's very excited about that, and there are probably some collectives that are going great guns. Has that been? Has there been a learning curve there, or did the K-State people really hit the ground running from an administration side and then from a donor side? Uh, how, how has that been? And do you like to kind of keep things equal, or do you kind of believe more, hey, if, if we're going to go after a star player, we might have to pay a little extra money. How do you, how do you kind of, what's your philosophy on the NIL? Uh, NIL is here to stay. I'm very thankful that um, we've been uh, very uh, progressive and, um, you know, we haven't sat back on the thing. But um as far as like guys, we want guys who who are basketball players that they want to compete at the highest level and they want to come to K State because of the environment we have and and the fact that we're going to win and um, we we would like you know NIL to be you know the the icing on the cake you know not not the meat and potatoes of what what people are doing because uh, even regardless of how much money it is it's pennies on the dollars to the guys who are getting to the NBA. You know, um, you know, uh, Keontae George, uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, Marquise Noel, you know, Adam Flagler, whatever they got in NIL last year is going to be pennies on the dollars compared to the NBA contract they'll be able to sign coming up. And so we want guys who uh, that's their goal and that's what they're going to work for and uh, not necessarily – you know, picking a school based on who's giving them the most NIL because we'll never win that battle. Yeah. That's an interesting thing because I'm thinking of some schools that aren't doing pennies on the dollar uh, compared to the NBA. But uh, the cool thing is people are staying around longer and they're not immediately jumping to the NBA. And I think that is one of the really good things. Sometimes we look for the bad things and the negatives, Jerome. So I thought you would like that, that I'm trying to you know, find the positives, okay, and keep a positive spirit yeah. here in no, Central Texas. The, the, it's, what, what we're able to do 
um, the fact that these young men are able to capitalize on their name and image and likeness is a very positive thing. The fact that they can, uh, you know, make some some money and be able to help their families come watch games and take trips or, or maybe, you know, um, just improve their life a little, you know, and not have to worry about some things so they can focus on their academics and focus on basketball. That, that is a great thing. Um, but you, you got to be careful in that it, it can't be the, the, the center and most important, the focal point of the recruiting because then it doesn't work out. Then you never get to that, that next step where you can change uh, where you get, you know, a generational change, you know, instead of a momentary change. And so um, that's, that's just the, my, my point. And the guys that we're recruiting, we're looking for guys who, you know, they want to go get that generational money and that's what they're working for. And they see the basketball opportunity that we offer playing in the best basketball conference in America and then playing in front of the greatest fans in the country. Okay, and by the way, these new guys that you'll be hanging out with in New York, Wes Miller and, and some of these folks, have you have you done some studies, Mark Pope? I mean, you watch a ton of basketball, so it's not like you're not familiar with what they're doing, but these four new schools, uh, what do you think they bring? We know what Houston brings. They're unbelievable. But as a whole, do the four, um, I mean, it seems like they're going to really enhance the conference, what's already a great conference. What do you make of these uh, of these new teams, and 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 how much of an impact do you think they can make uh, immediately? Well, I remember watching Mark Pope play at Kentucky, so um, you know that kind of ages me a little bit there. And uh, he's done a terrific job at BYU, and they have such an incredible home court advantage. Like, I mean, it's just incredible um, that atmosphere. We played there once when, while I was at Baylor, and it was just a terrific environment and um you know west miller uh you know cincinnati has, has history right i mean they are a basketball town and a basketball school and um you know excited about the opportunity to, 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 to go there and um and play a game and and have our student athletes have that experience and um you know and you know when you talk about uh Kelvin Sampson at the University of Houston. I mean, we're adding a top five. Last For the last five years, they've been a top five basketball program in the country. You know, it's not the injuries, some injuries that took place last year. I mean, they got a chance to win a national championship. I thought they did during the season. I thought they were, them and UConn were the two best teams, uh, just watching them during the season. And, uh, um, and then Johnny Dawkins just gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he's doing a great job at UCF. And uh, from my perspective here in uh, Manhattan, Kansas, there's nothing wrong with a January trip to uh, Central Florida, right? Did I see y'all? It was, yeah. I, I, no, I was just wondering, you, you brought that up. Did I see y'all added a game November 6th? In Vegas, is that right? Are y'all playing USC or something? Yeah, we're, we're, we opened the season uh, in Vegas against USC. It's going to be Bronny James's first college game, so there's going to be a lot of build up to that, and um, it's going to be a great environment. Uh, there are two women's games out there. Uh, LSU is playing Colorado, so I get to see my good friend Kim Mulkey, and uh, then um, there's, there's another game. Then there's a, a men's game too. I think uh, Oregon is playing. Uh, someone also before we play USC. So fired up about that. 
All right. And what are you serving tonight? I am curious. The, the uh, culinary delights of one Jerome Tang, a man who knows his way around the kitchen. Will you grill something? Will you have it catered? I mean, you're you're doing so well out there at K-State. It's hard not to just cater an event like this. Uh, uh, but but I know you also love to, to cook. What, what are you, what are you going to serve this evening? Well, I. Uh, Matt, I don't have my outdoor kitchen yet. I actually just bought a grill the other day. And uh, so I've been able to grill a few steaks uh, recently. Now, we have great steaks in Kansas, Matt. I mean, it's like next-level stuff, right? Mm. So I've, mm. I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the different uh, steaks that I've been able to acquire here. Um, we, we've got quite a few ranchers that, that uh, do really well, and they've uh, they've blessed me with, you know, different types of steaks. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm enjoying that. You would enjoy it with me, I'm just telling you. So mm-hmm. but, but they are starting on my outdoor kitchen, and so I'm looking forward to when that gets put in and I can really get after it. We'll probably, you know, just order some wings or some pizza or something like that, <laughs> and, uh, you know, watch the game, you know, keep, make make it easy on my wife. And, yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't let you tout these Kansas ranchers. Now, Texas, of course, is the home of the great cattle industry and, and uh, 44 <laughs> farms, some of the others. So let's not get too carried away there about the Kansas ranchers. But I am glad you're up. You're, you're respecting those folks and they do some nice job. They do a nice job out there on the prairie. Listen, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I just saw that Rucker Park thing. And I just thought, man, he's going to have so much fun. And that's the the best thing about you. You'll know exactly what they want you to do. That Q&A kind of stuff. I mean, you'll get right in the middle of that. You and Scott will have a, a fun time. But y'all let Coach Pope and, and Miller and Boynton, let them have a little bit of a say. You know, don't completely uh, don't completely dominate. Uh, well, you know, Mike, Mike's from New York, so he, he's going to be the, the hometown hero. I'm just going to. Um, stick close to him and, uh, you know, uh, just, just follow his lead because he knows his way around the city. All right. Well, I'm just hoping West Virginia doesn't go to Scott's staff again, okay? I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> I, I, I I love seeing you all do well, but I'm getting a little tired of, of all my guys ending up coaching against us. So uh, maybe West Virginia can go find its own coach somewhere, uh, and we'll see how all that uh, works out. Oh, man. Well, Matt, it's always a pleasure talking to you, you brother. Yeah, it was a great one. You, you do the same. There he goes, Jerome Tang, Kansas State head coach. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Southern Drag Mode Association LLC presents the original Duel on the Brasses 2023 at Brasses Park in East Waco on Saturday, July 22nd and Sunday, July 23rd. The fastest show on water. Gates open at 8 a.m. Racing begins at 8.30. Daily tickets are $30. Weekend pass, $50. And cooler pass, $40. Get your tickets now at Subwire.com. Duel on the Brasses 2023 at Brasses Park in East Waco. Sponsored by Mission Golf Cars. Waco's local easy-go customer golf and utility vehicle dealers. Brasses Speed and Supply. SoCal Speed Shop. Premier Innovations. Fun for the whole family. Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys that we are available. We have appointments. If you have any questions about cracking your sheetrock, doors sticking, or if you're looking to buy a home and you have concerns, please feel free to give us a call. We'll send somebody out to take a look. Our number is 254-235-4922, or you can find us at fixitjimmy.com. 
Hey everybody, it's time for today's STEM tip. Want to know how to make your selfies even better? Okay, let's use science. The best time for photos is golden hour. That's the moment right before the sun sets, when the atmosphere scatters blue and violet wavelengths, making perfect, soft, and golden selfie light to show off that beautiful face of yours. Click. Check out She Can STEM for more inspiration. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Make this the summer of adventures. During the Make This the Summer sales event, say big on 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo with $3,500 plus 2.9% for 72 months. Or a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with total values up to $4,000 plus 1.9% for 72 months. Or if that's not enough, get a 2023 Jeep Compass 10% off MSRP. That's right, plus an extra $500 to first responders. Find the Jeep that's right for you at Allen Samuels in Waco. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now here again is Matt Mosley. On his Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show, join now Joseph Duarte, Houston Cougars beat writer. Joseph, welcome to the Mosley Show. Welcome back to the Mosley Show, and welcome to the Big 12 Conference, all right? <laughs> I want to I wanna welcome you in, and we're going to roll out the red carpet, and then we'll all, uh, we'll all visit with you at Big 12 Media Days. We'll have some kind of big mixer and that kind of thing. Now, Joseph, if memory serves correct, did you go ahead and attend this um, event last year? I'm trying to remember. Did you get a did you get a head start on things to kind of start getting your getting to know Big Twelve Media Days a little bit? I, I did attend last year, Matt, and and I was once a part of Big Twelve uh, press corps, and then a conference realignment got me, and I was part of the uh, Southwest Conference guys that got thrown out. I guess you could say it. I ended up uh, the last ten years in the American and Conference USA, but once upon a time. I was in the Big 12, so it was good to see some familiar faces like yourself and some of the guys from Austin and Waco and places in between. But, uh, but yeah, we were there last year. We've been going to Big 12 spring meetings, the ones in Arizona, the ones in uh, Irving. So, yeah, we've uh, kind of jumped on board the last couple of years getting ready for, for what's a uh, big moment for the University of Houston. Boy, what, no, that's great that they're sending you out there, those spring meetings. Um, I mean, that was kind of, it had to be kind of interesting because they weren't far away from like where the Pac-12 was meeting. I mean, I, 
at some point somebody was writing about it and, and kind of almost made it like they were right down the hall or whatever, like 200 feet away from each other. Uh, there had to be some interesting moments between the two conferences as they made their way around. Did you get to witness any of that? And did you did you cross over and say hello to any of your, your Pac-12 media colleagues? Well, you know, the way it's set up, it's, it's through the Fiesta Bowl. I think they call it the Fiesta Bowl Summit, where they bring in uh, several conferences. The Mountain West is out there at that time, the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12. And, you know, we basically set up shop in, in, the, in the lobby. You know how it goes, and you're, you're on a stakeout for eight or nine, ten hours a day. And, yeah, you'd see, uh, you'd see some interesting uh, paths cross, you know, just like with Texas and OU not uh, – you know, on the way out the door, what those meetings are like where they're still there. When Houston wasn't a member in Central Florida and Cincinnati and BYU, they were there, but they really didn't have a voice in the room. So, uh, and then you'd have people like, you know, Deion Sanders that was actually at this last one in Scottsdale. And as soon as he saw the media coming, boy, his uh, his security uh, lined up uh, in, uh, in an offensive lineman stance and uh, were ready to block us out. And <laughs> he took off. So, yeah, you do see some crazy things uh, out there, but uh, this has just been wild trying to keep up with who's in what room and for how long and, and until when. Yeah, first time I've seen Dion run from the media. <laughs> he generally, generally enjoys doing some media, especially if they're paying him to do it. And uh, And you guys were not offering a check, so maybe he thought, I better not – I better not spend any time over there. Is the um, what's the Cougars athletic department like right now? I mean that last Saturday when it became official, what were the uh, what were the celebrations like? Uh, different different programs did it different ways. Cosmo, the BYU Cougar, was up at the Big Twelve filming some kind of deal. I thought that thing went a little too long, Joseph. That was a uh, it was kind of like a Sports Center spoof or something like the old commercials thought cosmo thought we could have used some editing on that video but what have the uh what have the coogs done other than that big billboard that you put a picture up of you know i i was a little disappointed disappointed in, in how they uh celebrated you know you 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 wander the forest for 27 years looking for for that home that 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 you felt like you you should have been all along and they had a midnight virtual toast and they went long. They went long, so they didn't, they didn't even hit it at midnight. They didn't do a countdown. You know, I, I gave them a list of things they could do. I was like, look, you're in Houston. You know, they were really focused on, hey, let's light up City Hall. Let's light up the, the bridges on some of the main freeways. I'm like, that's not the University of Houston. It's your campus. You know, have a street festival. Do a, a midnight madness type event inside the Fertitta Center. And, you know, I know it was the holiday weekend, but other than a virtual toast where the athletic director got up there, raised the champagne glass, and said, hey, we're here. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, they. I guess I guess when you've known for two years and you've sort of been uh, getting things ready, it, it seemed like another night for them. But, I mean, moving forward, uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they do things a little bit bigger because this is a big deal. I mean, you were around – when the Southwest Conference broke up, you know what direction schools went in. And, you know, Houston's always kind of voiced their displeasure on how that went down, why maybe a school in green and gold got in and they didn't, 
or or maybe Texas Tech, you know, the stuff like that. And so yeah, to answer your question, it was it was a very uh, quiet early evening uh, for Houston, and, and you know they just kind of hit the ground running right after Fourth of July, and now they're getting ready to uh, to go into the Lions Den of what what this is going to be like compared to the last ten years in the American. Tell them if they're still complaining to get a have a governor elected from their university and maybe have the <laughs> lieutenant governor. All right, and that helps. That certainly helped the green and gold. Governor Ann and Bob Bullock got that thing done. All right, so we had a lot more political clout back then than we do now. I'll put it that way. And I knew you'd be the one that would be able to give us that quick lesson. <laughs> Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle covers the Cougs. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, is Dana, you think Dana's getting a little more excited? He seemed kind of dour during that one press conference. He was talking about they need to upgrade the facilities. And he, he, he kind of has that personality sometimes. Um, I did see the Football Operations Center renderings. That looks pretty. I mean, that looks really nice. So it's not like the Cougars are out there destitute or something. You think Dana kind of knows that, hey, these are going to be choppy waters ahead, especially in football. And and because, obviously, he coached at West Virginia, do you think that's why he's sort of maybe tempered his enthusiasm a bit? I think that's part of it. And, you know, when he was at West Virginia and they made that move from the Big East, they had less than a year to do that transition. Now, now he's been talking about this for the last two years and, and you're right it, it is Dana and it depends on what day of the week you get him uh, but he's been real consistent about knowing what Houston has and they don't have uh, and where they're going to be you know budget wise at the bottom of the Big 12 they're going to be one of the few if only one without a, a a football only facility and then you look at you know down the hallway for him you know Kelvin Sampson's been through this too he, he's been at Oklahoma he knows what it takes to to, to coach in the Big 12, what kind of competition they're going to go at. But on the football side, we all know that's what drives things. And, and to an extent here at Houston, with basketball being their best sport, those are the two coaches that, that they have in place that, that have that experience. So I think that's going to benefit Houston. But, but Dana does know that they're going in not only from a facility standpoint, but from, from really a competitive standpoint with the roster situation and, and still trying to – to bring it up to par for what you're going to see uh, from the other Big 12 schools. So this is this has been a, a couple of years in the making just to get things going. And Dana Dana's going into an important year. This is year five for him. Uh, if you if you ask him, he's not on the hot seat. If you ask others that sign the checks, they need a bowl win. They need a bowl game this year. And uh, or or we could be talking about you know some changes being made. But right now they're you know they're going into this year they they want Dana to succeed, and they think he's the guy and he certainly has that experience from having been there already. Who do you have player wise that you're excited to hear from at the media days? Like when I'm kind of going around, I want to get to know a few Cougars, those five players that are showing up. Who's the one, Joseph? I should zero in on and go. Hey, this guy is it the quarterback or who's the uh, who are the Cougars bringing? That's a really fun guy and and maybe an outgoing type personality that you think will do really well in that kind of setting. Well, if you need to know anything, they're they're bringing two offensive linemen. So, uh, you know, they're one of the few schools that aren't bringing a, a skill position 
uh, quarterback, running back, receiver. And, and that's kind of what you need to know about this team. They lost their top quarterback in Clayton Toon, who's now with the Cardinals. They lost one of the top receivers in the country in, in Tank Dell, who's with the Texans. And then the biggest shock of them all, the, the running back that they thought was going to be back from an ACL, uh, decided after spring that, that he was going to enter the portal, and he's at Colorado now. That was Alton McCaskill. So that those are three big pieces. I would have liked to have seen them bring Matthew Golden. He's probably the next in line of great receivers. He was a uh, one of the highest-rated players they've ever signed, had a really good freshman year. Uh, but of the guys they're bringing, left tackle Patrick Paul is, is their NFL caliber guy. He's he's about six seven, three twenty or so, and he's going to get some. If he has the type of year many expect, uh, you know, he could be one of those high round NFL draft picks. Other than that, they're bringing their starting center uh, Jack Freeman, and they're bringing a, a guy that's transitioning to linebacker and Hassan Hippolyte. So uh, you know, it's, there's not a lot of uh, storylines in terms of big big numbers guys returning uh but they uh those are some guys that they're going to need to step up uh this year the, the ones that are going to the to media days I'm, I'm excited about even some of the recruits coming in uh i believe the one i that i was visiting with his dad is the temple wide receiver yeah. um temple texas Mikhail. uh yeah Mikel harris and pilot man what a what what a i mean that's a really uh that's a really interesting um, uh, family story, legacy type deal. Those are the kind of kids they're going to have to hit on if they're going to compete in the Big Twelve. Is that you know it's just the high, high end caliber skill players, and there's a lot of them in Texas. But of course, it's not easy to get them always. Yeah, and if you look at it, Matt, uh, up until uh, you know about six years ago, with Ed Oliver deciding to stay at home and being a five star guy. Those are the type of guys that wouldn't even pick up the phone uh, and and take the call from Houston. So they made some inroads, but you're right, Mikael Harrison, pilot, uh, tremendous athlete. Dad Chris was a linebacker at Houston. Mom was a, a cheerleader, so he's a big legacy guy. Uh, he and Jonah Wilson, another receiver who's from the suburbs here in Houston, two of the top uh, recruits at any position that they've ever had here, both four-star, high four-star guys. Uh, it's just a matter of how those guys plug in. And Dana's not afraid to throw the freshman in there. And, and, and especially at the skill positions, he feels like at receiver, uh, he's got a room full of guys that he can he can sort of just pick and mix and match and see what works. But I imagine those two guys will get on the field uh, early. Uh, and then, you know, in the backfield, you know, we, we, we haven't thought about the quarterback. Donovan Smith from Texas Tech is probably going to be the guy. He's the transfer and then they went out and got a uh, a guy that you probably familiar with from West Virginia, uh, Tony Mathis was the starting running back there. Uh, they filled McCaskill's spot with him, so they're not completely bare, uh, but they've they've got some question marks and they've just got some guys that haven't either been featured prominently or for an extended period, or are making changes to a new system. I wish we could Donovan Smith would leave the conference. I mean, he's had some moments against the Bears. I'd like to I'd like for him to head on out of the conference. Same thing with Mathis. That, that guy can be kind of electric, okay? I wish we could have a rule where they couldn't transfer within the conference, but they do it and they love doing it in basketball, don't they? And um LJ Cryer has done that from the Bears. Scott Drew rarely loses a starting player like that. That one hurt, and that was a weird – I mean, everybody's kind of like, wait, what? What's LJ 
doing? What have you gotten to spend any time with LJ yet? And and what are what are you hearing from kind of LJ and Kelvin? The plan for him? I think he does want to run the team a little bit more, get to play a little bit more point guard. Um, right. What are you what are you kind of sensing? That LJ, what went into that decision? Other than maybe, maybe he got a big pot of NIO money. I don't know, but what what do you think were the biggest things that went into that? And what have you kind of found out about him in his short time there in town? Well, in terms of NIL, you know, Houston isn't isn't among you know the the I guess the the high rollers when it comes to that. But but the men's basketball program, if there's any sport, that's the one that's benefited the most. But you know, LJ mentioned a couple of factors. One. Uh, coming back home and playing, and then two, you're right. I mean, he he was sort of sold on the fact that the, he could have the ball in his hands a lot more. That was very enticing to him. Now it'll be interesting. Do they have another Central Texas guy there with Jamal Shedd, who's from Maynard? Uh, he's their point guard. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But it wasn't enough of a a roadblock for for LJ not to want to come here. Now you know he's he went through the the draft process, got some feedback. Uh, so I imagine at this time next year, you know, he'll be off somewhere. So this is sort of a, a one-year, one-year deal for him at, at Houston. But I didn't think there was just that combination of, of, of the scenery change, the the coming home. Uh, you know, it's, Houston's a program that's you know uh, up and coming, and and he got a, a, a look at them firsthand in, in 2021 when Baylor won the national championship, and he, you know, they had to beat Houston in that semifinal. So. Uh, but yeah, he'll fit in nicely, and it was it was very important that they get a guy like him with with Marcus Sasser leaving. Uh, they bring in a veteran, uh, somebody who can score, somebody who can 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 be an influence in that locker room. Uh, but they're gonna they're gonna count on L.J. Cryer a lot this year. Were you rolling your eyes when Kelvin got that NBA interview? Kind of like, oh, interesting <laughs> timing. I mean, it wasn't that long before he gets that big contract with the Cougars. What did you What did you think uh, that that did seem seem like a maybe a pretty smart move on the on the uh, on his agents uh, uh, by his agent or whatever? Because I like Kel. Seemed like Kelvin was like, oh, I didn't really want this to get out. Eh, I'm not. I'm not totally sure that's accurate. Yeah, and when, when, I think my eyes rolled a little bit more when he made that comment versus just it getting out because he was like, you know, most of the times when you know people in organizations and you just want to visit with them, and, you know, he didn't characterize it as an interview but more of a visit. But, uh, you know, you know how the business works, now. As soon as, as soon as that mm-hmm. happened and, and Woj put it out, uh, you know, my first job was to call Kelvin. He didn't answer, so I knew something might be up, and, Next thing you know, I'm getting a text message from him saying, "Hey, I'm looking forward to to being in the Big 12." So I'm like, "Okay, he got he got what he needed out of that uh, 15 or 20 minutes of is is Kelvin going or is Kelvin staying?" But but you know, they had been working on a a contract for about a month and a half, maybe two months before that. As soon as the season ended, and it was to put him in line with the top 15 or so coaches and. You know he's making money that they just they've never paid it. He's he's gonna be making about four and a half uh, million or a little bit less, uh, and his contract runs through I believe the the twenty five twenty six season. So uh, this is it for him. He and he also got the the language in his son's contract uh, with Kelvin Sampson uh, being the the head coach in waiting and and that being locked in and, and a succession plan in place. So. Uh, but yeah, it's never a dull moment with Dana, and it's never a dull moment with Kelvin. 
So I, I think I hit the coaching lottery as far as being able to, to keep it interesting on those two beats. All right. You think you could get the live mascot going again uh, at Houston now that they're back in the big time Power Five conference in the Big 12? I feel like Shasta, maybe there was some tie-in at the Houston Zoo at some point. I would love to get the on-campus habitat or something kind of like the old days. In the old days, Shasta would actually come to the games in the Astrodome. <laughs> it's interesting the... <laughs> that you bring that up because I, I, I had a, a little sit-down with one of the handlers from, from back in the day, and he told me stories that I just I couldn't believe about how he, Shasta would break free from the, the, the leash that they had and would run free on campus. Uh, so they weren't quite sure uh, where where Shasta was at sometimes, or, or they were trying to keep up with uh, with her. But you know, the school did a study about a year ago whether it would be feasible. They wanted to build a habitat on campus, uh, have the mascot there, and then bring it back for the the hundred year anniversary of the school, which I believe is in two years. And from my understanding, is that it just came back that it was going to be too costly. There was going to be a, a partnership with the zoo. Uh, where they would have their doctors come in and stuff. But but they do have uh, the Shasta. I'm not sure what number we're on, but uh, they have a Shasta and a Louie that are at the zoo. Now, these are cubs that were just brought in maybe six months ago. No plans for them to be at games, but they, they do a lot of different stuff at the zoo, game days, stuff like that, big events. Uh, but as of now, there there's no plans. Just It just wasn't going to work out. But they did look pretty uh, – seriously into whether they could pull it off and get it done. It just didn't work out uh, in the end. That's how Kelvin got that huge salary because they said it wasn't feasible because we got to pay our, we got to make him one of the highest coaches, paid coaches in the big 12. (laughs) So they couldn't, they couldn't build a uh, cougar habitat. Boy, that would have been fun. Wouldn't it, Joseph? We could have gone over and seen the cougar on campus. I I really wish they could have found a way to do that. Great to have Houston, in the uh, conference, and uh, not the least of which, it brings you back in. So we're excited about that. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me on, Matt, and uh, we'll talk anytime. All right, sounds good. Joseph Duarte. This is ESPN Central Texas. Do you want a brand new boat? Right now you can get a boat cheaper than ever before at Marineland Boating Center, home of Yamaha Boats. For Marineland Boating Center's 40th anniversary sale, we're slashing prices like never before. For a limited time, you could save almost $10,000 on an awesome new boat. Also, for a limited time, we are offering a free water sports accessories package worth $1,000 with select Yamaha boats. But hurry, this 40th anniversary sale only lasts for 40 days or until we sell 40 boats, will you be one of the lucky few to save thousands of dollars? Imagine the happiness you would feel owning a new boat. Imagine the fun you could have. Imagine the feeling of freedom and relaxation you'll feel when you're out on the water. Check us out online at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com or Google Marineland Boating Center to see our reviews and you can see for yourself why we are the highest rated boating center in Central Texas. 
Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'd like to thank everyone that supports JTC and that our family values your business. Our new inventory is growing daily and our used car inventory is stacking high. So give us the opportunity to earn your business with transparency and zero hidden fees. So give us a call, 254-840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com.